Hey, uh, we're going to talk today about the faith zone. You're about to enter the faith zone. Picture this from sight and sound. I couldn't resist. I just said it was just too close. So anyway, you know, if you're like me, you know, everybody in here probably at one time or another, we're saying, man, I need a breakthrough in an area. I need something to happen. And it's sometimes the same area we've we wanted or talked about or year after year. And we're just asking when. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to cover some of those answers today in the faith zone. According to Mark eleven twenty three and 24, it says this. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And so I, I'm going to talk to you and I want you just to, to give me a couple minutes to get inside your head in a good way. All right. Uh, but, I, you know, this is something the Lord brought to me and I thought I've never thought of it quite this way. And I, I think you're going to you're receive it and you're going to like this. Um, so um, but didn't it seem like when we want to break through, doesn't it seem like life kind of gets crazy? Some stuff starts shaking and and you're like, I need this to happen. And I've had people say, I just got this fixed. And as soon as I got that fixed, something else happened or I broke through. I paid the last car payment and then your car breaks down. You know, and you're like, ah, then you have to be thankful that you just don't have a car payment because now you got the money to make the fix. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we've all been and had those kind of things. And, and sometimes it just seems like life is just getting crazy. And and so we need to stop the insanity and just kind of step back and realize, you know, like that song we sang when we were kids. He's got the whole world in his hands. And we start realizing that and start understanding, man, you know what? God knows exactly where I am, but I need to understand what's my job. You ever go to Walmart? Of course, most of us have been to Wally World. Uh, you go there, and there's people there in blue vests, and they just stand there. Their job cannot be very hard. I mean, what kind of training did they have? Hi, welcome to Walmart. Thanks for coming. How are you? Good job. Let me see your receipt. Um, you know what I'm saying? What I'm telling you is this. We have got to say, God, what's my job? What do I do to how can I assist in this breakthrough area that I need? How many believe that God is a finisher? He finishes what he starts. He completes it. And as long as we trust him, as long as we are saying, you know what, God, I don't even understand this, but I'm just going to do what you're telling me to do because I know you will make it plain. You're going to show me how to walk as I just obey you. That's what I need to do. I grew up with my, my parents. Most kids grow up with their parents. <laughs> and that's like saying I was homeschooled and both my parents worked. <laughs> anyway, I grew up with my parents. And my mom would always say stuff like, don't do this. And I would say, why? And she would say, because... Huh? As a, as a 10, 12-year-old boy, I'm like, I want to know. But mom... But mom, and you know, and Kim and I, as our kids, we, we realized her name's not but mom and dad but. You know, we, I would, uh, but she would just say, I don't even want to explain it, just trust me, because I said so. What if we would trust God just because he said so? If we would take his word that way, he completes what he starts. But we have to understand, we can stay in that protection, we can stay in that guidance, or we can willingly step out of it. 
we have a free will. See, say amen to that. Because sometimes people just think, well, it don't matter what you do. You can do anything you want. You can just go and do whatever you want. And God, he's just going to take care of you. Well, he loves you, yes, but you just can't do everything you want. Because there are consequences with the things that you do. All right. Listen to this. Faith moves mountain. Fear creates them. We talked about that. So it doesn't matter. You know, well, Brett, if I do this, history will repeat itself. As long as God told you to do it, you can do it. But if God didn't tell you to do it, history could repeat itself. You may have to change that. But what's God telling you? It doesn't matter what people say. Well, Brett, if I do that, people will say, Brett, 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 people will do this. People will say that. What, what is it? It doesn't matter what the doctor's report says. What does God say? What does his word say? Whose report will you believe? Our first point this morning is just this. Breakout comes before breakthrough. And I'm going to explain that because I was like, what? <laughs> That's almost like your, what's up? What? Breakout comes before breakthrough. We got to break out of what? I'm talking about break out of the way it's always been. My mindset of how it's, I'm just used to this. It, if I say this, this is the response. Sometimes I need help with that. You know what I'm saying? You, you just, you, you, this is what I do, and this is what they, if I say this, they'll say that. Na, 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 na. And it's like watching a tennis match. If I wouldn't say that, what would change? If we take wood off the fire, the fire goes out. God, what could I do different? Break out of your old mindset. Break out of the old stuff, of the status quo. Break out of the opinions of others. Break out of the old, you know, uh, what is God telling you to do? That's what you want to get into. If you want to break barriers and establish new territory, if you want your life to make a difference, just know that there's going to be a shaking. People that do things for God usually go against the grain. It's like petting a cat backwards. How many have cats? God didn't give you those, right? God's a dog person. Come on. That's why he likes the browns. Sorry. All right. Bad, bad joke. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I know. Okay. We got to establish who God is in our life. What are you saying, God? What are you telling me? You can't start the breakthrough without starting to break out. And I never really grabbed that. And he started putting this together for me. I got to break out of my own mindset. I got to break out of my flesh. How many didn't want to come to church today? Want to stay in bed? Mark Lowry called his bed the word. So people call and say, hey, Mark, could you come? He goes, no, I'm in the word. I'm going to stay in the word. Seriously. I mean, that's, isn't that crazy? How about people that do sleep studies? Can you come to work? No, I'm pulling a double. All I'm telling you is we, our flesh is fighting us. And we have to get on board with, God, what are you telling me to do? I need to start breaking out of my own mindset. And once we start that change, once we start saying, you know what, God, what are you telling me to do? Maybe he's telling you, you know what, I don't like when I go home this way. Go a different way. I don't feel good when I go in this store. Don't shop there. I mean, some of it is not rocket science. It's just like, God, what are you telling me? And just obeying him. Break out and you'll get your breakthrough. Because people, if you won't obey God in the small things... He's not going to whack you over the head like whack-a-mole. I used to have that picture of God when I was a kid. He was just a big old man in heaven with a white beard and a big stick. Hey, Brett, that's wrong. Don't do that. 
And that's my opinion. I was like, oh. And then I found out he is a loving father. And he speaks to us in that, in that heart range, in that still small voice and says, Brett. And he wants to embrace you. God just needs one breakout person. Think about this. Now, I'm going to give you some examples. Think about this. Paul and Silas. Here's two guys in jail. They're shackled. They're in jail. And I'm sure in jail, they don't want to go, let's have a sing-along. That's like people that come in the office and I'm playing Christmas music. They're like, please. Let's have a sing-along. But listen to me. If somebody has the breakout mentality, you know what? This doesn't look good, but bless God. I'm going to make the best of this situation. I'm going to do what God's telling me to do. My flesh is saying, you know what? You're going to die here. But I've got to break my mindset. Come on, somebody. And break out of what I normally would think. Break out of what this world is thinking. We've got a whole world now. Is it Clinton? Is it Trump? Is it? I'm telling you, why don't you pick who God's telling you to pick? Neither of them are perfect. Because nobody's perfect. I don't know what I'm allowed to say or what I'm not allowed to say. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on because, you know, somebody would probably trump that. Okay. I'm just sorry. Not really. Micah 2.13 says the one who breaks open before them, they'll break out, pass through the gate. And go out by it. The king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. So what does breakout mean? I mean, break out of what? So it's breaking out of that way we used to think. The self-imposed limitations. The negative thinking. Break out of insecurities. Break out of past failures. Break out from yesterday. Break out of bad mindsets. Break out of lack. Poor mindsets. Poverty mindsets. Break out of depression. Break out of hopelessness. Break out of addictions. Break out of doubt. Some of you just need a breakout. You can't get your breakthrough because you're stuck right in everything in front of you. And you need to change your stinking thinking and break out of that and you'll get your breakthrough. If you break out, then God's breakthrough can happen. And when we have breakthrough happen, it's just breaking the enemy's line of defense. When I was a kid, we played that game. You probably played it too. Red Rover, Red Rover. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I hope they send that boy because we're going to clothesline him. But, you know, if you had a big guy come through there, I'm thinking this is Red Rover, Red Rover, send Jesus right over. And we sent Jesus over there. He's breaking through the enemy's line. They can't, they can't stop him. And when he breaks through, there's a hole. And then we're like, yes. And he's like, come on. You want to break through, then you got to break out. You got to realize who's on your side. Some of us need to just stop saying, I need to break through. Oh, God, I need to break through. Oh, God, break through, break through. I need to break through. We need to say, God, you know what? I need to break out. We got to quit waiting on God because God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you. We keep telling God, oh, God, you see what's before me. Yeah, he knows what's before you. Quit telling your mountain about your God or telling God about your mountain. Tell your mountain about God. That's the way it should go. Start saying, you know what? Red Rover, Red Rover. I'm coming over. And if God sends you over, man, you are going to break through that thing like a freight chain. And you know why? Because you broke out here first. John Maxwell was asked how he became such such a success. And he answered and he quoted Thomas Edison. I failed my way to success. 
So this is what he's trying to say. He learned more from the wrong things that happened in his life than he did from the right things. Isn't that what happens in the valley? I mean, the mountaintop is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Everybody likes the mountaintop. Everybody likes to be on the mountaintop. Yeah, I'm on the mountain. But when we're in the valley, that's where you learn, like, I want to stay down here. I don't like this. That's why we have to walk through that valley. You don't set up camp there. You've got to start breaking in your mind. So I'm, you know what? God, what do I got to learn here? Because I don't want to keep going through this. Some of us have been down in the valley too long. And we need out. What didn't work? The, the thing that if you find out what didn't work, then you can mark it off and go, I don't have to do that. I already know that doesn't work. I told you before, Thomas Edison said, I found out all the ways that a light bulb doesn't light. So I can mark those off. So mark off what didn't work and move on. Because there's bigger things on your horizon than just messing with that stuff. The enemy wants to get you just playing tiddlywinks in stuff that doesn't matter about anything. He'll get you upset about the minorest things just to keep you occupied so that you can't break through. Fred, I got big dreams. We all have big dreams, and that's awesome, and you should have, because we have a big God. But we live in a society that doesn't like to do anything with patience. Patience is one of those fruits of the Spirit that when we ask for patience, do you think God just goes, patience, thank you, thank you very much? Or do you think God says, I'm going to set up situations where patience can be developed for you? Some of us, that, that's why, Brett, I don't ask for patience. <laughs> because then you'll be in the position, if you just pull right up there, we'll bring your burger out in about two days. Just pull right up there. <laughs> you know, and it's the day that you're in, you know, I, 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 you just pulled in there because you got about two minutes and you could get through the drive-thru in two minutes. But no, you're going to have to pull up. Patience. We want our dreams and our breakthroughs right now. And God is saying things like, do you trust me? What if I could get you to break out of your mindset? Ask yourself, what would be holding me back? What am I thinking? Well, you know, do I have an old way of thinking? I just met with a pastor this week. Their church is exploding. And I asked him, I said, you know what? You're doing some of the same things that, that we're doing. And he's tweaked them a little different. And then, you know, and he said, this will help you. But then he said, let me ask you a question. He said, this was asked me this question. I said, okay, go ahead. This is what he said. He said, are you ready to learn or unlearn everything you've learned? That's kind of a loaded question. I'm like, um, yeah, yeah. He said, well, I mean, because what you've learned has got you this far. What if God was saying, I want to show you something else, but because you will put it in this box, you won't let it succeed. And I thought, yeah, okay, I get it. God's going to stretch you. He's going to break you out of a mindset if you'll let him so that you can get your breakthrough. There's a story, and I've preached this before, and I, uh, three times I, I didn't put this in. I felt like on the third time the Lord said, no, you need to share this. So I'm going to share this story. It's in the book of Judges, and he wants me to put this in there. But this is going to help you. So if you're taking notes, you can take notes on this. If you go, if you have a smartphone, you can go to Version. If you go to our website, it'll show you. All of these notes are on the web. They're on that smartphone. You can click right on Version. They'll show you how to get to those, all the points and the scripture and the way I've used them are right there for you. So you can copy, paste, or just keep them in your notes or however you'd like to do it, or you can write them down. 
But this story in the Judges is about a farmer, and his name is Shamgar. And he saved Israel from destruction by single-handedly killing 600 Philistines with an ox goad. Now, if you're like me, what's an ox goad? An ox goad is a seven-foot-long wooden pole with a sharp steel point on the end of it. It wasn't a weapon. It was just, he was a farmer. But he used it as a weapon. So this guy turned his ox goad into a... He's a Jedi, and he's a lightsaber now, so that's what I'm telling you. So he, he broke out. Now, he just had to break out of his mindset. Now, listen. He saw his family and his nation being threatened and overtaken by Philistine terrorists, and he made up his mind, this ain't happening. I'm breaking out. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm breaking out. So the odds are out of whack. I mean, he's going to stand in this little field. Now, you see this carpet up here. Now, this field's bigger than that, but he's just a pea farmer. The Bible says he has lentils, which is basically peas. So he's just standing, and Philistines are coming. He's got his ox goad, and he's like, he's done. He's standing out there by himself. It's not even fair, according to odds, is how they would go. But I'm just telling you this. Fear's going to try to take you over, and it's going to try to take no prisoners. Because it's looming, it's leering. And he had to face that, and he had to break out of that mindset. What if I fail? What if you fail? I would rather have somebody that failed and learned from it and got better than someone that sits and never does anything for God. Help me, somebody. What are you facing? What are your odds? Is it physical? Well, Brett, you don't know. I'm, I just can't do it anymore. I'm just not young. Well, what's God asking you to do? Be a gymnast in the next Olympics? Probably not. What's he asking you? Well, it's, it's spiritual. I just can't seem to get past this. You got hurt in church somewhere. Okay, I can't, can't make that better, but God can. I can just tell you, you got to go on from that. You got to break out of that mindset so you can get your breakthrough. Because as long as you harbor bitterness and anger and all of this woe is me stuff, you can't have what God has for you. If we'll give you beauty for ashes, baby, you got to leave the ashes to get the beauty. You can't have them both because that's stanky. I'm just saying, let's be reasonable. Let's, uh, God, God is saying, I can take you to another level, but you got to let go of that. You got to break out of your mindset. Well, it's always going to be this way for me. That's why it's always been that way for you. I'll never have a house like that. That's why you don't have a house like that. I'll never have any money. Why am I always begging? Because you always tell yourself you don't have any money. Because you've got to be a good steward with what he gives you. Shamgar used three breakout truths that I'm going to give you this morning. They're going to help you. He started where he was. This point number one. Started where he was. He started in his own field. He worked his own property. See, a lot of us want breakthrough, but we're not willing to start where we are. We want to start where they are. I don't want to start where I am. No, God, can I just have... My mom and dad, when we, you know, Kim and I got married, they, they camped a lot, and they had campers. And campers can be really cool. If you've never looked at campers, campers are pretty sweet. I mean, and they, they range from, you know, here's a camper that's just a little bit of money to here's a camper that costs like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's crazy. But, you know, so mom and dad had this 19-foot nomad camper, metal, you know. And so Kim and I, we stayed at that in Myrtle Beach. We took our kids, stayed with mom and dad. It was really nice. We liked it, and we said, we want a camper. 
And they said, okay, great. And we started looking around. And we, oh, man, we, yeah, we could, pro- we, could, we could get this camper. And I told Dad, Dad, I like this camper. Would you come look at it? And he goes, oh, son, that would be great. He said, what are you going to pull the camper with? Pull it? He said, well, yeah, you, you, if you buy that camper, you've got to have a vehicle that will pull it. Well, can't my car pull, pull it? He said, that will kill your car. Your car couldn't pull that from here to, you know, like 100 yards. You know, it will pull the guts right out of that car. Huh. So my dream was quickly like, hmm. Yeah, like a balloon. I needed a tent, not a camper. What's my point? I wanted to start where they were, but I need to start where I was. I needed to say, okay, God, I'm going to start where I am. You see, he worked his own land. He worked his own field. I don't know about what the Philistines are doing to my neighbor over here, but they're not coming here. Because this is the land God's, I'm, I'm, I'm marching this thing off. That's what he's doing. You see, and many of us want a breakthrough, but we don't want to work our spot. Say amen to that. We always want somebody else to work it for us. But God is saying, what are you saying to that mountain? I can speak to your mountain, but I'm telling you, it's your mountain. Guess what? It obeys you if you use the authority of Jesus. And he is in you. Think about that. Principles throughout the Bible. They had to start where they are. Where they are. Brings us our second point. He used what he had. What do you have that you could use to break out with? The Bible says seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping as long as the earth remains. Man, I don't have anything to break out with. What do you have? I just have a little bit of oil. That's enough. I have five loaves and two fish. Took care of 20,000 people. That'll work. What do you got? What would be the ox code? What would you have? I mean, we all of our kids... Kim and I, four kids, all of them and my wife have had braces. I have stock in braces. I mean, when I go to the brace place, orthodontist, they should, there should be trumpets. There should be fanfare. Here he comes. I could do the proud, you know, how are you? Because we've, they've all had braces. The first one that got them was Kim. She needed braces, and I wanted to get them for her. And they said, well, you're going to need $700 to put down. We didn't have $700. Can I get a witness? Well, we just didn't have it. I'm like, Lord, what are we going to do? We don't have that money. I'm not, I, I didn't know what to do. And this is what the idea we had. We started praying about it. We didn't even know about what I'm teaching you now. But I'm telling you, how many knows that God knows more than you do? And he can put something in you past what you, well, where'd that idea come from? Hello! And so he puts this idea, he says, have a garage sale. I hate garage sales. I don't mind going to them. But sometimes you go to garage sale and everybody wants, not everybody, but there's some people that want like full price at a garage sale. And like, I can go to Walmart and buy it for that. And I can get a brand new. No. So, you know, sometimes I just leave and I'm frustrated. Why would they want that kind of money? And my wife would just be, don't let it bother you. But when we're having a garage sale, I'm a guy. And this is what I want to do. Throw all the clothes from a bag in a pile on a table. Go ahead, sort through those, a quarter piece. I don't care. And Kim would be like, no, you can't do that. They have to be hung. They must be neat. 
Everything has a place, and every place has a thing, and we'll put it neat. And so when they come in, everything is, baby toys are going over here, and, you know, and all of that. And so people came through. And so we, you know, we made 20, 30 bucks or something like that. People getting little odds and ends. And I'm like, Lord, you don't have this garage sale. It's 20 till 5. Well, it's about 4.30-ish, almost 20 till 5. And we're both sitting here. And let me just tell you, this is what fear is doing. Fear is doing this. Fear is looming over top of us like, you're never going to get the money. She's never going to get her braces. What a stupid idea, garage sale. And these people pull up in this truck at 20 to 5. These people do not look like they could buy Crayola crayons or anything. I'm serious. They pull up, you know. And he just comes in and he's like, hey, would you take, would you sell everything? Yeah, everything. How about this car? I put the car for sale. Yeah, what's the matter with it? Nothing. What do you want for it? 700 let me drive it drove it i was just hoping he brought it back (laughs) he did he said we'll take everything would you take the whole thing for 750 i said baby it's yours at 10 to 5 we sold everything had her money and everything for her braces see what i'm telling you brett what do you tell me before that happened we had to get together and we had to get a breakout I didn't know what to call it then. I'm just telling you, I had to get our mindset and said, God, we both believe you told us separately about this garage sale. And we, we did that. And so we're going to trust in you somehow, some way, some. And this guy shows up 20 till and within 10, 15 minutes, the whole thing's a done deal. What am I telling you? You want to break through? You're going to have to break out. Number three, he did what he could. Started where he was, used what he had, did what he could. What could you put your hand to to break out with? Your faith, your belief, your mountain, your miracle, your breakthrough. If anything's going to change your future, you've got to be like Shamgar and say, you know what, I've got to do something about this personally. You're going to have to act yourself. And I've used this example before. I'm just telling you, you know, God has kept us safe all of these years, and he will continue to do that. This is just an illustration. But if someone ever was stupid enough to break into our house, I am not going to, I am not one of those dads that will just kneel by the bed or go to a corner and go, oh, Father, please let them find what they want and just leave. Don't let them come to the children or Kim. Are you kidding me? I'd be like, oh, God, it's time to break out. I'd be I'm saying, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go throw them out on the front lawn while she's calling 911. Are you with me? You know what I'm saying? God is looking for people with David and Goliath attitudes. He might be big, but today he's going down. You need to break out of your mindset. There's breakthrough around the corner for you. If you can start where you are, use what you got. Do what you can. Put your hand to it. What do you have that would be your ox code? Everybody knows about Domino's Pizza. Ooh, Domino's Pizza. The founder, Tom Monahan, started 1960 with one pizza shop, a little hole-in-the-wall pizza shop. Eight years, he struggled just to make that shop survive. In the eighth year, the store burned to the ground. Insurance company gave him one cent on the dollar for his losses. 
So all he knew was pizza, so he started over. He made another shop, put 100 hours a weekend, seven days a week, took one vacation for his honeymoon. By 1971, he was in debt to the tune of $1.5 million with no way to pay it back. He needed a breakthrough, but first he needed to break out. He decided to do something radical. While still occupying his field, turn to your neighbor and say his field. Listen to me, you've got, you got to hear what I'm saying because this is deeper. And you, he's, while he's still in his field, this is what he's saying. He said, I'm going to do something that I know how to do. You see, this was his ox code. I'm good at this. This is what I'm good at. I, I know how to do pizza. I, I, I don't know how to do, you know, chicken cacciatore or what. I, I, I'm good with pizza. So I'm going to do pizza. And then he said, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to deliver it hot and fresh. I'm going to do it for free. And the thing took off. Now pizza places are doing that. And, you know, but now he's, he's got, listen to this. He's got over 6,100 stores by 2007 in the United States and other countries. And he's one of the richest men in our country. But he had to be ready to break out. He had to say, you know, God, what, what can I do? What am I already doing? What could be something that I know how to do that I, maybe if I tweaked it, what am I not doing? I'm telling you what, there's gold in this room. There's diamonds in your mind. I mean, and, the, and your breakthrough is, it's right there. But you got to change up here. You got to say, God, what have you called me to do? What could I do that would make this thing, if I could break out and do something different, I could get my breakthrough. And God, you would get all the glory. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. The word season in the Greek has to do with opportunity. So we need to be preparing ourselves now. Because when it looks like nothing is happening, something's happening. God is still doing something. He's still moving. When just because you can't see it doesn't mean God's not working. Because that's how faith works. So something is happening. When it happens, you have to be ready to act. You've got to do it now. I mean, sometimes, you know, if that train's coming, you've got to be ready to get on board now. Because sometimes you only get one shot. That's it. That doesn't mean God won't give you another try, but that, that particular opportunity is gone. See, Shamgar used what he had. He didn't have the latest weapons. He really didn't have a lightsaber. He didn't go out to the Philistine and these aren't the droids you're looking for. He didn't have any of that. He had a seven foot stick with a pointy end. And that's all he needed. Because that's what he felt comfortable. It felt good in his hands. He was used to it. He had used it over and over thousands of times to work the field. You have something that God has given you that feels good to you. I'm speaking to people right now. Something that you know that, man, God, is, I, I'm good at this. Well, Brad, I, I don't know. Maybe he's going to stretch you. Maybe you're not so good at something, but you know you're supposed to do it, and you want to be good at it, but you're avoiding it. Here's Moses. Yeah, you, 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 you don't want, 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 want me because I stutter. God says, you'll do just fine. Aaron, come on. You see, what you have, if you present it to God, that's all you need. I have only five loaves and two fish. That'll work. I just have a little bit of oil. That'll work. I only have an ox. I only have this stick. There's 600 of them. Stand your ground. That'll work. 
I only have a slingshot and five stones. That's more than enough. How many Davids are in the room? How many people that could say, you know what, God, God, give me a chance. Give me one more chance. What's your ox code? Are you ready to look for it? I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to ask God, God, what is it you want me to do? What could I do? And it might not be the all-end result. It may be a step to get you towards that result. So you need to be ready. It might not be, well, you know, I want to be this. Well, again, I wanted a big camper, but I didn't have the vehicle to pull it. So I got to start where I am. Use what I got. Do what I can. He's given you something. And he wants to show you what it is. Would you ask him and listen? Be confident that he's going to tell you. Enthusiasm, that word comes from the Greek word entheos, E-N-T-H-E-O-S, which means in God. We should be turbocharged, man. We should be like, yes, God's got something for me. Yes, he's got something he wants me to do, and I'm able to do it. I am more than able. And the enemy is under my feet. When will we get the mindset of Christ? Second point today is the miracle comes from what you already have, not from what you don't have. Because our mindset would be like, well, as soon as I get it, I'll have it. As soon as I have more money, I'll do it. As soon as I have this, I'll do it. You know, no, 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 no. You start where you are. You use what you got. You do what you can. (laughs) You have it. It's in your possession. It's in your mind or it's in your heart or it's in your house. You got it. To start right where you need to be. Mother Teresa, you all know who she is. People would come up to her and say, I want to do what you do. I want to give up everything I own and do your work. And her answer would be, find your own Calcutta. What she's saying, she says, you've got to use what you have. You've got to do what God's called you to do. Henry Ford was asked what his secret of success was. And this is what he stated. When you start something, finish it. And he knew that very well because he had went through five bankruptcies martin luther king jr was told by his college professor that he used too many big and lofty words and he wasn't going to be a good public speaker so he could just forget it i wonder if his professor was listening or watching when he made his i have a dream speech let's do what we can with what we already have let's start where we are god what do you want me to do Show me what I can pick up that feels good in my hands. We have something Shamgar doesn't even mention, and that's prayer. We've got an incredible weapon in prayer. Prayer can take you places that you can't even go in person. You can pray for family clear across these great United States. You can pray for them, and God will hear that and answer them. He is nothing about miles. He doesn't care. He created time and distance. He's God. Here's point number three. You will fight fear. As you start to step out for God, that's how the enemy knows. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And some of you are going clear back to the 70s. Uh Uh-oh, chongo. Maybe just me then. Banana splits. I'm saying. Fear comes in two categories. Fear I won't get what I need. And fear I won't be able to hold on to what I have. I can't keep it. 
Anybody who ever beat the odds or made a difference did it in spite of fear. They did it anyway. Everybody, I mean, John Wayne said, you know what? This is courageous when you're scared, saddle up and doing it anyway. Well, actually, he probably said it. Well, when you saddle up, you're doing it anyway. What I'm saying is fear is going to come at each and every one of us. But we have something that's bigger than fear. My friends, we have faith in God. We have a faith that will drive fear out. If fear comes knocking, let faith answer the door. Because when faith opens the door, fear is going to be gone. You see, I think that people that start doing things and saying, God, okay, I'm going to do this. Can I tell you when I started this church, and I'm not, this is not being braggadocious. I've never started a church before. It's not like I went to church 101 and said, this is how you start a church. I never had. When he asked me to do that, the first time I said it to my wife, I was uh, ordained in the Assemblies of God. We were pastoring an AG church. And she said, this is what she said, you're scaring me. That's not bad. It's just like, we've never done that. We don't, I mean. You know, but then she's also saying, if God's telling you to do it, that's what we'll do. But this is like kind of almost a Star Trek theme. We're going where no man in our mind, in our world, has gone before. That's kind of what we were feeling. We're like, oh. So what I'm telling you is, you're going to have to saddle up and say, God, I'm, what, what's my ox go? What do you want me to do? I'll do it. You just tell me, and I will do it. Anybody who ever beat the odds did it in spite of fear. Remember we talked about the lepers that were on the other side of the, the wall. And they were desperate, and they said, you know, we're going to die out here. We might as well go in the city. Before they kill us, at least they may feed us. And they got all the spoils because everybody had left. I think sometimes other people inspire us. I think David inspired a whole nation. A boy going after a 10-foot giant inspires somebody. Now listen, I want to inspire you today. I'm nobody. Just, you know, I put my pants on just like you do, one leg at a time. But listen, if not me, then who? If not now, then when? If not you, then who? If not now, then when? Who's going to do it if you don't? I mean, what are, the, what are you looking for? What are you believing God for a breakthrough for? If not you, are you willing to spend the next years just looking at the same thing and wondering why you were, well, I was just afraid. The world and the church is full of boat sitters. But I believe I'm looking at people that aren't afraid to put a leg over the side of the boat and say, Jesus, if you're telling me to come, I'm coming. Because I'm looking at water walkers. I'm not looking at people that will just stay in the boat the rest of their life. You want your children to follow God? Then, baby, you better go after God hard. You want your grandbabies to know about God? Then you got to start now. Don't think about it too much. You'll talk yourself right out of it. I'm telling you. I think that's why David ran towards Goliath. David never, again, mentions Goliath's height or he's big. He just, you know, he gets his stones and, man, he's gone. I think I would rather do that. Then sit back and go, you know, he's kind of big. Maybe if I just wound him, I'm just going to make him mad. That's a big spear. Hmm. Maybe we can negotiate. There's no negotiating there. God had just said, you can take him. And David said, it's on. Listen, 
If you're waiting for a, feel, a feeling of courage before you act, I'm just going to wait till I feel brave. Forget it, it doesn't exist. You're only courageous when you do what's right. You know that feeling when you do something right and you were kind of afraid to do it, but you did it anyway? And people are like, yes. Do you know the world is hungry for people that will do the right thing? It's hungry for people that will stand up. You know, and again, you heard me talk about the election, and I'm not saying they're perfect, but at least there is somebody that stands up and says, I love America, and I love what we were founded on. I'm not saying their mouthpiece is great. I'm not saying their life or their morals are great, but what I am saying is this thing was founded on God. This thing was founded on the Bible. And at least, dear God, is there citizens enough to say, you know what? I'm going to start where I am. I'm going to use what I got. I'm going to do what I can. If you can figure out what you're afraid of, you can conquer it. If you can figure out, remember I told you if there's a giant standing in front of you, there's a reason he's in front of you because he's blocking your vision. You get the giant out of the way and you can see where you're supposed to go. Find out what you're afraid of and get past it. Conquer it. Fear attracts Satan like faith attracts God. Fear attracts Satan like faith attracts God. I believe this Bible is a a David and Goliath book. With God on your side, you're bigger than any problem. The question, do you believe it? Is your faith big enough? You might, Brett, I'm not there yet. Well, where are you? Couldn't you be in a portion of that? Man, I get it. You know, and God will help you. I mean, it's not like all or nothing. I mean, he loves you. He's, he has a plan for you. But for the love, the love of God, can you just say, God, I'm going to trust you to take this next step. And so what if somebody runs up there 20 steps and you can't run? Start where you are. I, have anybody ever ran a race? I ran a race when I was uh, bodybuilding years ago. I would run in a, like a three-mile race every once in a while just to run it. I don't like running. I'd rather sprint. I don't, I don't like running like distance. And I would start out, or, you know, and, and I just, somebody, you know, I'd learn from people that run, and they'd say, just pace yourself. And everybody starts in the group. And we're all like, kind of like, you know, the minions or something. <laughs> you know, we're all together and going at it. And then there's people that are just, you know, they got on back in those days. You remember those tight nylon shorts? They didn't need to be wearing those, did they? No. Tube socks clear up to here. You know, tank top, bandana, some sweatband, sweatbands. And these guys, man, they're like, they fly past you and we're, and they're like, but some of them would run that race in less than 15 minutes because it's just over three miles. Some of them, they'd start out and they're like, but a mile and a half down the road, this is what they're doing. And then here we are. Quit worrying about everybody else's pace. You run your race. You run who God's called you to do and what he's called you to be. Do you think God would never ask you to do anything you couldn't possibly do on your own? Think again. He asked Peter to walk on the water and he did. He asked Lazarus, hey, Laz, time to wake up. And he did. When it's beyond your ability, you know God has to be involved. And I'm going to say this, and we're, we're about finished here. God has given certain individuals, and, and all of us have 
supernatural abilities to do something. Everybody in here is a 10 at something. Did you hear that? You, you can do something that I can't do much better than I could even dream of doing it. You put a basketball in my hand and I am holding a round rubber ball. I played first string in middle school. I got cut going on to high school. Basketball is not my, I mean, I can play. I'm just, I'm just not that good. But you put that same ball in Michael Jordan's hand, you got an NBA championship. You can take a wooden bat, you can put it in my hand, and I've got a stick. But you put that wooden bat in Scott Ebert's hand, you got a home run. Ooh. Put it in Babe Ruth's hand, you got a home run. You put a football in my hand, and now we have a long rubber piece of thing. And I do love football, but as a quarterback, I'm okay, but I'm not a star at that. But you give it to Joe Montana, and he can throw that touchdown pass to Jerry Rice. That's from before. So, what I'm telling you, it depends on whose hands it's in. Everything that I've told you so far came from the Lord. Listen to me. Jesus, all I have is five loaves and two fish. They bring it to the Lord. He breaks it. He gives it back to them. It's enough. All I have is a little oil, Elijah. It's enough. Give it to the Lord. It's enough. What do I have? Put your hands. Lord, give it to me. Just tell me what you want me to do. It'll be enough. Miracles only begin when you take what you have and put it into his hands. God, you've given me this. What is it that you love to do? Give it to the Lord. Here's our last point. You have to live in the faith zone. Whatever season you're in. God wants you to learn to say, God, I can't do this in my own strength. I need you. I need to lean on you. Most Christians don't live in the faith zone. They live in the safe zone. They're the ones that go, I'm not getting out of this boat. I don't care what you say. I'm not getting out of this boat. I'm not doing this because I'm comfortable doing that. I'm not going to do, uh-uh. Mm-mm. We, we stay in that, and that's kind of our culture. I want to know what you're going to do beforehand. We, we don't always know that. In the faith zone, we have to trust on the Lord. Faith zone means reaching up, grabbing nothing until it turns into something. Lord, if you want me to do that, I'll do that. If you want me to be there, I'll be there. Romans 5 says that's calling things that are not as though they are. Now listen to me. When God gives you a God-given opportunity, when that comes along, that's God's gift to you. What you do with that gift, that's your gift to God. When God gives you that God-given opportunity, that's his saying, Fred, I, you can do this. Warren, you can do this. Tim, you can do this. What we do with what he's given us is saying, God, all back to you. I love you. All back to you. That's our gift back to him. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So no matter how much religious activity going on, if we're not using our faith, we're not pleasing God. We can be busy doing all kinds of church stuff, but if we're not applying our faith, we're not pleasing God. If we are not using what God has given us, if we're not using our faith, we're never going to see a Red Sea part as long as we live in the faith zone or the safe zone. We're never going to have manna come to us supernaturally as long as we live in the safe zone. We're never going to see that God has everything exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think if we live in that safe zone. If we stay where we have it made in the shade, so to speak, it's time for us to walk out. If we want to grow, we have to leave the safe zone. 
If we want more of him, we have to leave the safe zone. If we want answers, we have to leave the safe zone. We can't stay the same and grow at the same time. Did you hear me? You can't stay the same and grow. You can't stay in Egypt and want to go to the promised land. You must choose. It will be worth the stretching. It will be worth the wait. It will be worth wilderness time. Our last scripture today is this, Acts 20, 22. Paul says, and now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. You see, he didn't know how they're going to welcome him. If they're going to say, hey, so glad to have you. Great. Come on in. Or they're going to say, you know, here's some more lashes. Here's a jail cell. He didn't know, but he just knew that he was supposed to go. I'm going to believe with you that you're going to break out. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. The prayer team's going to come.